the gospel according to Luke, chapter 2, starting at verse 36. Verse 36 reads, Now there was one, Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. Thank you for standing for the reading of God's word. And I just want to pull out for a theme. Why keep on praying? Why keep on praying? In the gospel according to Luke chapter 2, we find an interesting passage about some dedicated folks of God, amen, to the work of his ministry. It's interesting that the writer of the gospel according to Luke is the very person's name who wrote it, amen, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. By trade, Luke was a physician, amen. And he was a committed partner to Paul the Apostle. Amen. There is a time when Paul was in trouble. He was in a jail and he said, all have forsaken me except Luke is with me. The gospel according to Luke also shows that Luke has a heart for God. He has a passion for God and compassion for people. Luke was a Gentile, amen. And he had a great friend, amen, who must have been of a high-ranking official whose name was Theophilus. And and so the gospel according to Luke was written to his friend, old Theophilus, because he wanted to give his friend Theophilus a comprehensive look at who Jesus really is. I, I, I don't know about you today, amen, but... When I'm talking with a friend and somebody asks me about Jesus, I I, want to give them a comprehensive view of him. Everything that I know about him, I want them to also know that they may know if they don't know of the reality of serving a true and living God. It's important to me to be saved. Amen. And it's my hope that to all of us it's important to be saved. And, and, And so... Luke writes the most comprehensive, amen, gospel account to his friend, Theophilus. Amen. There is details in his gospel that are not in any of the others. Amen. He wanted to give a meticulous look at Jesus. His gifts, his his calling of being a physician helped him be very detail-oriented. Amen. 
And, and this just lets us know that in your profession, God can use you just where you are to be a minister unto him. Just because you are one thing or another thing in the world, God can use those same gifts, talents, and abilities to do the things he wants you to do for the kingdom of God. Amen. Ain't that good news, saints? Amen. amen. And so, so, so in his account, amen, we, we come to our text. We come to our text here in verse 36, and we find now there was one, Anna. What, what, what now is this? Well, this now is the time at which Joseph and Mary and the baby Jesus was come to the temple, amen, to be redeemed. According to the law that because of what happened in the Passover, amen. If you remember when God uh, commissioned Moses to go down to Egypt and tell Pharaoh to let my people go, amen. He said that I am going to show myself to this Pharaoh, amen, and I am going to put on him 10 plagues, amen, because I'm going to test his heart. And one of the, 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 the issues, one of the problems that they ran into, amen, is they ran into the issue of firstborn, amen. Amen. And one of them, that, that, that the death angel was going to come back. And the firstborn of everything in the land of Egypt would die. Yes, amen. Except for those who had a, a, a lamb that had been slain. Except for those who had taken the blood and put over the doorposts. Yeah, yeah. That, that when the death angel came by, Reverend, yeah, right. he looked at the doorpost and said, it's the blood on the doorpost. Yes, and if the blood was on the doorpost, he kept on by. But there was weeping and wailing all out amongst the people in Egypt because the Egyptians were losing their firstborn. They were losing their children, even the cattle, even all of the livestock. It was the first one that was to be taken. And so they understood that as time passed through the law is that now to remember this, they had something they needed to do. Amen. And they needed to redeem their firstborn. So here in the midst of this, Jesus Christ, remember from our studies over on the Sermon on the Mount, amen, that Jesus says, you said that I came to what? Destroy the law. He said, but that's not why I came at all. I came to fulfill it. Jesus Christ being a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, amen, a little somebody, amen, is still fulfilling the law because it was part of the law to come as the firstborn to be redeemed. But the paradox here, the, the, the dichotomy in all of this is that the one to be redeemed here was going to be the redeemer. But that all would be fulfilled. Amen. Jesus was obedient. Amen. Jesus had to be obedient to every requirement of the law so that the law would be fulfilled and that we could be fulfilled of the law through him. Amen. So even in this, God's providence must be done. And so here is the redeemer himself, a little defenseless baby, but yet he was holding the whole world in his hand. And he himself, his parents must have paid the big price for his redemption. Amen. Amen. 
to remember that there would come a redeemer, amen, that would redeem the world from their sins, that would pay the ultimate price. And here he is right here being redeemed himself. All right. My God from heaven. And this is the time. This is the now. This is the now when the prophet Simeon was there and saying, my eyes have seen, amen. And now I can go and see the Lord because the salvation of the Lord is here. He's finally seen the Savior. He held the Savior in his hands. Now he's ready to go home now. Because he knows salvation has come to Israel. It's the now. It's the now. At this time, Anna, a prophetess, is a prophetess in the outer court of the Gentiles, amen, around the temple. There's some background here that needs to be brought out about this time, about this now. About this now, Israel was in a very low state. Amen. About this now, it was a time when men of God were not doing what they needed to be doing. Amen. And so God had to raise up some prophetess to stand in the gap and to do what the men, the prophets were not doing. It was a low time, but God is able, amen. When God's got something to do, you can decide not to do it, amen, and God will put somebody else in your place. Amen. Amen. So the prophetess Anna was on the outer court, amen. And her prophesying was not a foretelling Sunday school uh, students. We were talking about this morning with prophecy, but her prophecy was a foretelling. In other words, Anna had dedicated her life to the word of God so that she knew the word of God so well that when somebody came by needing to ask a question about what does this mean or that, she was so well versed in the word that she could answer them with clarity. She was a forth teller. She was a teacher. She was a preacher of the word. Amen. So, on the outer court, because in these days that women were not allowed to be in the inner court, more or less into the holy of holies, amen. So she was out in the Gentile courts. But you know what? Anna didn't care where she was, but that she was close around the place where the Spirit of God dwells. Because those people in that day, amen, the Spirit of God dwelled only in Jerusalem in the temple. But I want to show you something else. Not only was she outside on the court, amen, and did not be concerned about that. She didn't have to be in the high places. Watch me now. She didn't didn't have to be where she was seen among the elders, amen. She didn't even care if she was in the outer court outside of the Holy of Holies. She was in the outer court of the outer court. But guess what she was? She was still faithful, Reverend. Even there where folks were not even thinking about her in Jerusalem, she was faithful. Amen. And saints of God, I want to, to encourage you today that if you're not in the light, amen, don't necessarily push for being in the light. Wherever you are, be faithful. Because God can use you in a mighty way wherever you are. 
God is the one that will pull things out of the darkness and bring them into the light. Jesus is always saying, don't do all your stuff out there. Do them in secret that the father will expose it huh? in sight, in the light. Amen. Let God work that part out. Just be faithful for where God has put you. See, the enemy wants you to get to being concerned what's on the other side of the fence. Being concerned over there and wondering if I should be here or there. Be faithful where you are. And let God use you to your full capabilities just where you are. And you will be amazed at what God can do. Because it all matters whose hand is in. Amen. So as we look at our text, Anna, she was the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. There's a lot of detail right there, saints. First of all, it says that she was the daughter of Phanuel. The name Phanuel means face of God face of God. This may not be all that important to you at first glance because we know many of the Bible's names came out to say things that refer to God. Amen. Even Jesus' name. Jesus means he who saves. But I contend today that there's more value in that name. Amen. Because we find that Phanuel and Anna was from Asher. That is an important tribe, but not a well-known tribe. Because this tribe is of the tribe of Israel. Not of Israel as the unified nation, but of Israel after Rehoboam split the nation. To where there was a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom. Remember, the northern kingdom was the ten tribes, amen, and the southern kingdom was only two. That was the tribes of Judah and the tribe of Benjamin. But we know through the tribe of Judah is the lineage of David and also where the Christ would come. He was from the tribe of Judah. So in the southern kingdom, there was the temple at Jerusalem. Judah, inside of Judah, the city of Jerusalem, inside city of Jerusalem, the temple. So look, we've got a woman who's of a father, who's of a tribe, who's of the northern kingdom, who was split apart from the southern kingdom. You, you must understand, and some of you who have been here in the last few weeks of, of sermons, we've been talking about the church of the missing God. It, it was Israel. It was the northern kingdom who was out a true God. It was the northern kingdom without a teaching priest. So what we see here in the midst of all that turmoil and chaos, in the midst of all that uh, turning away from God, there was some people amidst those tribes who said, I'm not going to be like everybody else and I'm going to come out from among them because I'm going to serve the Lord. That's instructional today, saints, because we live in a culture that don't care nothing about God. Amen. 
But God is looking for some folks who will come out from among them and say, I don't care what the culture is doing. I'm going to serve the Lord. Here we have Anna. A woman of God. Anna, the name Anna means grace. So Phanuel and his wife, they, they understood that they were where they were by the grace of God. And saints of God, we're where we are yes, sir. Yes, sir. because of the grace yes, of God. Yes, Nobody says it better than Paul the Apostle when he said, I am what I am by the grace of God. Amen. Amen. So we see a woman who has tightened up her loins. Amen. And when it said that I'm going to be committed to serving the Lord. She's had a good lineage, right? She's, she's, got a, she's got an ancestry of committed folks that said, we're not going to stay in the northern kingdom with their debauchery and idols and their lack of the true God. There's no teaching. We're getting out of here and we're going to where the Lord is. We are determined to be in the presence of the Lord. How many in here are determined to be in the presence of the Lord by whatever it takes, hallelujah, to get to where the Lord is. But there's even something else here that's even stranger. Look at our text, everybody. Let's look at Anna. We see that she's a daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age. You know what? Anna was an old lady. She had a lot of years, and we're going to see just about how many they were. But even though she was old, she didn't give up on God. Even though she was old, she didn't pack up her bag and say, I'm going into retirement, and I'm not going to serve the Lord no longer. Maybe somebody else will serve me. God is looking for some folks to go the distance. Amen. He wants to bless some folk who've been around here a long time. And he wants to show his grace in their lives if they just want to serve him. He'll say, if you want to serve me, I'll give you what you need to keep on going past your contemporaries. There will be folks that have been in your life that will be dead and gone a long time ago. But you will still be strong and you will still be serving me. You will be a testament, Sister Collins, to the Lord's grace and mercy. You will be a testament, Sister Dealwood, to the Lord's grace and mercy. You will be a testament as the four scores keep moving on. Amen. As it turns into four score and some and and it turns into four score and ten and maybe even the five score. God's grace yeah, yeah, yeah. will be a testament in your life. Amen. Because God is looking for somebody who really wants to serve him. But some people serve God because their material and their relational blessings are so abundant. Deacon Johnson. Some people are exuberant about that because they look around and they see that their family is doing 
fine. They look around and they see that their home still stands and that they have many clothes in their closet and that they don't even have to worry about what they're going to wear if they just choose what out of all that they have, what they may decide to wear. And that's real good, y'all. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But I'm going to show you something that's even deeper. Look at Anna. First of all, she's of a great age. Mm -hmm. But then it says, and had lived with the husband seven years from her virginity. Uh, Let me unpack this for a minute. In the culture of the early church and what I would call the end of the Old Testament times before Pentecost. Amen. The culture of Israel where that women customarily got married around age 13, 14, 15, somewhere in there. So, so we're going to, for um, good measure, say that she was 15 years old. What this text says to us is it says that she lived with a husband Seven years from her virginity. What it's saying is, for good measure, we use at 15, she got married. And seven years later, her husband was dead. Now, y'all do the math. I might not be good at math as I think I am, but if, if I'm 15 and I, my husband, I only lived with him for seven years, and then he dies. How old am I? Anybody? 22 or 23, right? Man. That's pretty young, ain't it? Man. That's the beginning of young adulthood, amen? Man. You, you're on the low side of that. And now she has lost her husband. Now, that's a pretty hard blow, y'all. That, that, that's not looked around and seen my family was doing fine. That looked around and seen... My husband is dead. And in our culture, that's a hard blow. But in our culture, women are are able to get jobs and go up the corporate ladder and and support themselves. But amen, back in this day, uh uh-uh, it wasn't like that for widows. Widows had a hard time making a living, amen? They had a hard time getting their substance because widows were kind of cast aside, amen? They weren't allowed to work like men, amen? They were on the outside, amen? So this woman is only 22 or 23 years old, y'all, and she's a widow. Her husband is dead. Now, when we have a reason to serve the Lord in our blessings, how about when everything ain't going so good? Man, how about when the shockingness of a a, a loved one, of a husband, of someone that you truly love and you are looking at being with for a lifetime is taken from you at the beginning of your young adult age? That's Anna. But she was still determined. Watch it, y'all. To serve the Lord. Some folks, when this happened, they get mad with God and they say they threw with him. God doesn't love me. He's taken my husband away from me. He's taken my kids. He's done this. He's done that. But not Anna. Because I bet you Anna understood the Lord given and the Lord taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. 
She understood that her husband was only a gift from God to her and that he was God's as well as she was. But because she that because the gift that God had given her had been taken, what we would see from our minds as early, she did not turn away from God. Because you know what really happens with us when we get mad at God and turn away when God takes something that's his in the first place? Really what we are really doing is worshiping the creature instead of the creator. We have put that person in a place they have never should have been in the first place. And God has exposed it. Because when we get mad with God and turn away from him, we had the wrong relationship with that somebody and the wrong relationship with God. And God had to move somebody out of the way so that it would be exposed. That's the same thing that happened in the day of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 6. He said, in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. See, God had to move the king out of the way. Because they were worshiping him. He was a great king and they had gotten to the point that their affections had turned into worship. And God said, I will have no other gods before me. And so he took his servant away. And in that year, Isaiah said, I saw the Lord. I saw him high and lifted up. I saw the train filling the temple. He, he, he said, I heard it and I, I, I saw smoke and I, I saw all of these things and I saw the Lord of ho- the host of the angels saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. I, I saw the Lord when, 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 when my idol got out of the way. I, I saw the Lord. Do, do we have any idols in our lives that God is going to have to get out the way so that we can see the Lord? Because see, God's ways are not our ways. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. Oh, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. See, God does what he wants to do, when he wants to do it, how he wants to do it, why he wants to do it, where he wants to do it, and with who he wants to do it. Because guess what? God's sovereign. Amen. And so we, we, we ought to worship him just for that. Amen. Just for that reason. And, and, and be careful not to idolize something or someone and put them in a place that they never should have been in the first place. Amen. Amen. Because our God is a jealous God. He, he wants you and me for himself. Amen. He don't want to share us with nobody else. Amen. Am I right about it, Sister Penn? Amen. So, so we look at our text. She's only 22 or 23 and now she's struggling. She's struggling to make ends meet, struggling to eat, struggling to get things together. But Look what the text says. In the midst of all that struggle, and this woman was a widow of about 84 years, who did not depart, Lord have mercy, did not depart from the temple. Look look at the text. Now, uh, 
you know, I, I, I'm, I'm young and I'm popping. I, I lost my husband. I, I, I want to have a family. I, you know, I want to do some things. And, I, you know, I still got it at 22, 23. I mean, let me go see if maybe I can walk around somewhere and another man can see me and maybe he'll want to marry me. Amen. Because I don't want to be in this struggle alone. Huh? Do y'all feel me today? Amen. Amen. Not Anna. All right, all right. Huh? Reverend, not Anna. The text says she was a widow for 84 years. But, but here's, the, here's the kicker of it all. Who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. In the midst of her disappointment, in the midst of her future being dashed on the rocks, Anna said, but I'm going to serve the Lord. It's almost like Anna said, okay, Lord, I'm hurting, but you know what? I love you so much that I'm going to pull it all up and I'm going to the temple. I'm going to make sure where I am staying in whatever condition it is, I'm going to be right around the temple. I want to be around your presence. I don't want to be too far to the left or too far to the right because I want to see you every day. I, I'm going to commit myself to you. I'm not going to worry about this no more. I'm not going to worry about any other gifts. Thank you, God, for the seven years you gave me with the gift of my husband. But now I'm dedicating myself fully to you, Master. And she didn't worry about it. She got on that outer, outer court where she was insignificant, amen, in the grand scheme of things, but she was significant to God. Amen. For 84 years, she served the Lord. And I want to ask the question again, why keep on praying? Look, look at the text. For 84 years, my God. Let's start doing some math on top of that. Let's just say she was 22. 106. She was 106 years old. Thank you, Reverend. Now, remember, this is, this is post-prophetic Malachi. Amen. And this is right before Pentecost. Amen. Make sure you realize that this is a time when folks were dying of ages like we die now. Amen. That they weren't living to be uh, 930 years old like, uh, like Adam did. Amen. They weren't living that long of being 900 and in 89 or 990 something like Methuselah. That's not what was going on here. They were living normal ages like we live. She was 106 years old. Still praying. But she's still praying. Still fasting. Night and day. But she hadn't decided that she was just going to stay at home either. The text says she didn't depart from the temple. So she positioned herself in a place that she could make sure that she was at the temple night and day. I I, want to interject something else as well here is that most likely she wasn't there all day long, Mm -hmm. but she was there at crucial moments in time. 
This redemptive process, Reverend, that I was just talking about, with the, that they would have to redeem, amen, the boy Jesus. That every firstborn would have to be redeemed. This process happened in the morning and it happened at night. Amen. So what we see here is that Anna positioned herself to be at the crucial moments in time on a daily basis where she could be used by God. She saw opportunity and she took advantage of it. Saints of God, in the days of our lives, when we take an introspective of our lives and we look at what fills up our day, Are we taking opportunity, are we taking full advantage of the opportunity that God has given us to be about his business? Or are we filling our days with ancillary, miscellaneous stuff that really won't count in glory? Are are the things we're doing, what proportion of it will be the things that only are done for Christ that will last? Every one of us is getting older. Amen. Amen. Our timetables are clicking. I mean, the clock is ticking, and one of these days we're going to be on a cooling board. Amen. One of these days they're going to be viewing us and we can't see them. Amen. And we only have a little time to get it right. Amen. We might only have a little time to redeem the hour. Amen. Because the night is far spent and the day is at hand. Will we be like Anna? Will we start to look at it, take measurement of our lives and find out how we can be strategically positioned to be in a place to be at maximum potential for God to use us for the kingdom building? That's what was going on here. That's why the prophetess was there because everybody who had questions about the Lord, she wanted to be there at that redemptive period so that they may know about the truth, about the comprehensive view of Jesus. Amen. 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 Just like Luke was writing comprehensively to Theophilus, Anna was prophesying, amen, comprehensively to everyone who needed a word, everyone who needed their questions answered. They were there because she was in the word. Amen. Amen. You can't be an Anna unless you get in the word. You can't be an Anna unless you open the book and study it and ask questions and read commentary and get some understanding. And all you're getting, get an understanding. And then you can be when the little boys, the little girls, or the men and women ask the question, what is this thing about Jesus? Then you can tell them in comprehensiveness what it means to be a child of the living king. You can tell them about how he's a king of kings and the Lord of lords, that he's a priest, a high priest, a mediator between God and man. You can tell them of Christ Jesus. You can tell him all the good things that they need to know in order to be saved. The good news that Jesus Christ died for us one Friday evening. But you got to set yourself apart to be used by God in this way. Are we redeeming our time? Are we studying our word to be ready at a moment's notice to be the ambassadors, the, the representatives, the teachers that we need to be to bring a world to our Lord and our Savior. And it doesn't matter where you are in station of life, how old you are, because Anna shows us that 106 ain't too late. 106, she's still working for the Lord. And you know, the Lord has a way in his word 
saints of God. Sister Brown, you can study the word all you want in one year, amen, but the Holy Spirit won't give you all of it. You can read this Bible in to front to back, all 66 books, amen, year in and year out for five years, amen, and you, the Holy Spirit still won't give it to you all at once. He gives you time. He allows you to go through some experiences in life. And he pours out his revelation of his word little by little. Sometimes I've cried out to the Lord with texts that I didn't understand. And I said, Lord, have mercy. Lord, I, I, I want to understand this text. And, and, and the Holy Spirit didn't give it to me that year. But five or six years down the street, you know, when I done gone through some other things in life and that the Holy Spirit brought back those experiences and then brought me back to that word and that word just blew up Amen. with color. It blew up with meaning in my life. You, you don't have to rush this. Amen. Amen. God will give you what you need at the point in time where you are to be what you need to be to the people for him right now. Now and now. But by this time, Anna's been through a lot of stuff. We don't know all of the, of the injustices that has gone on in her life, but yet she's still serving the Lord. She has grown in wisdom and stature according to God's word. Keep on studying your word, amen. Don't get frustrated. Keep moving with it, amen. Because God will, as time goes about, he will lift you up to the next level of your ministry, amen. But amen, as, I was, as I'm coming to a close about Anna, amen. Amen. I, I mentioned earlier that, that, that she was in a word. Amen. Amen. She understood who the boy Jesus was. Amen. She was able to, to articulate what it meant to be in Noah's ark. She was able to articulate that there was the ark of safety. That it was an ark that was built to represent a type of Christ. She was able to tell him that if you was in the ark, then you were safe from divine judgment. And that's what every born again believer is. They're safe in the ark of Jesus. And we're safe from divine judgment. She was able to tell them how God was going to be a redeemer even when it started in the Garden of Eden that God gave them promises that the seed, uh, oh, the seed of, of, of Eve, amen, would, uh, would, would bruise the head, amen, of the serpent, amen. And the serpent would bruise his heel. He was talking about Jesus. He was talking about a redeemer that would come to fix the problem that mankind got themselves into in the Garden of Eden. Amen. The Redeemer lives. So this Anna, this Anna un, undoubtedly understood that, that Ezekiel's will in the middle of the will was talking about Jesus. She was able to tell him that uh, in Daniel's day when the, when the three Hebrew boys were in the fiery furnace uh, and then Nebuchadnezzar looked in there and he said, but I see a fourth one yeah, yeah. and it looks like the son of God. She was able to tell him that this was Jesus. Yeah, yeah. When the Bible says that Joshua's Balak's uh, uh, she could tell him that it was Jesus. The mantle on Elijah, she could tell him it was the power of Jesus. Yeah, yeah. She could tell him that when Malachi was prophesying of one to come, amen, and when uh, Haggai and then when Habakkuk and all of those prophets were talking about, she could tell him that it was Jesus. Yeah, yeah. That's what happens when you're in the word, amen. God will give you opportunity. Hannah was telling them how down through 42 generations that the anointed one would come. 
That he would be born in Bethlehem, wrapped in swaddling clothes. He was born in a manger because there was no room in the end. He was able to, she was able to tell them that he started out so low that you cannot go low enough that Jesus can't get under you. Amen. She was able to tell them how this little boy would grow up in strength and stature and that he would be a minister, a teacher unto the people that he would, he would heal blinded eyes. Amen. So that they might see that he would give a hearing to those who were Death and they couldn't hear a thing. Those who tried to say a word but just couldn't, he would touch their lips, amen, and they would speak. This same Jesus, she could tell them about how this Jesus, amen, was going to be the Messiah to deliver them from their sins. Mm. Military might know, spiritual might, yes. Mm. She could tell them, no, he's not coming to deliver you from Rome, he's coming to deliver you from sin. Amen. And she was able to tell him that one day he's going to be crucified. One day he's going to die and his blood is going to be shed for the remission of sins. Mm. And we know this story today as coming out of the Garden of Gethsemane. When Jesus was praying for you and for me, those in his now generation and those generations to come. When he was praying and his sweat was coming down like beads of blood, amen. When he said to the Father, he said, Father, if there be any other way, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. This same Jesus whom the Roman soldiers came and captured him, not because they overpowered him, but he gave himself Willingly, this same Jesus whom they marched from judgment hall to judgment hall, this same Jesus from Annas to Caiaphas, from Caiaphas to the Sanhedrin, from the Sanhedrin to Pilate, from Pilate to Herod, and from Herod back to Pilate, this same Jesus whom they whipped all night long for you and for me. Father, forgive them, he said, for they know not what they do. (laughs) The Bible says that they marched him down the path of suffering. They marched him down the Via Della Rosa. They marched him outside of the camp, outside of the walls of Jerusalem, to a place called Gargatha's Hill. And Gargatha's Hill means the hill of the skull. The Bible says that Jesus was obedient, even being obedient to the death of a cross. He was on that hill and they put nails in his hands and nails in his feet. But they made the mistake that they lifted him up. For Jesus says, if you lift me up, I'll draw all men unto me. And I am a testimony almost 2,000 years later that Jesus is still drawing. And you ought to be that same testimony that the drawing power of the Lord is still a true reality. But the Bible goes on to say uh, that in the ninth hour, Jesus died. Uh, He truly died for the sins of the world. Uh, 
He took our place uh, when we should have been nailed. He was nailed for us. They took him down off that cross uh, and they put him in a borrowed tomb. Somebody might say, uh, why didn't he have his own tomb? Well, the story lets us know uh, that Jesus wasn't going to be there very long. The Bible lets us know that he was in that grave of Joseph of Arimathea. All night Friday, he was in that grave. All day Saturday, he was in that grave. All night Saturday night, but it was early, early Sunday morning. He got up with all power in his hand. The power to reach down to a wretch like me and lift me up and turn me around and place my feet on solid ground. Ain't that the same thing that he did for you? Praise his holy name. And one of these old days, it won't be very long that the sky shall be split and the trumpet shall sound. And my Jesus and your Jesus is coming back for us one day. He's going to catch us up in the air and it's going to be a great coronation of shouting and saying howdy, howdy and never goodbye. No more pain and no more suffering. No more backbiting, no more lying. It'll all be over. Ain't that good news, saints? Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. By and by. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And at this time, praise the Lord. The doors of the church are open. If there is anyone in this house, amen, who doesn't know our Savior, our Lord Jesus, in the pardon of their sins, you can get to know him today. Today is the day of salvation. He's already paid it all. Come as you are, and he will make your life brand new. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Amen. But all things have become new. Amen. Come unto Jesus. Make up your mind. Come unto Amen. Amen. None came, but there is still.
plenty of good room. Amen. Amen. At this point, amen, if all hearts and minds are clear, amen, we're going to prepare for giving in our offering and our benediction, amen. And once again, another big well wish to all the mothers in the house, amen, with a happy Mother's Day, amen, 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 amen. If our hearts and minds are clear, amen, let us stand for our benediction. I Father, Lord, we need thee every hour. Lord, as we go from this place to our other destinations, amen, to celebrations and to our homes and to just the many places, Lord, that by your grace and mercy, you will allow us to go. Lord, we need thee. Lord, we don't want to get too caught up in ourselves, amen, oh Lord. Lord, but we want to remember that without you, we would be able to do nothing. By the grace of God, we are who we are in you, O oh God. So, Lord, keep us, and we need thee, O oh God, every hour. As we go down these dangerous highways and byways, crooks and crannies, O oh God, Lord, we need thee. We need thee to put your arms around us, O oh God. We need thee in order to celebrate. We need thee in order to mourn, man. We need thee in all things, O oh God. We need thee. So, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I also ask that you bless our offerings, oh God, our tithes. Lord, because without your blessing on it, amen, we are just doing something for the sake of doing something. Lord, we need you to bless it because we need thee. So, Lord, bless our offerings and redeem it unto yourself. Lord, that it can go further than it would ever go on its own. Lord, to do the things that you want us to do in your kingdom, Lord, so that we give you glory, honor, and praise, oh God. Lord, we ask these things in the blessed name of Jesus, in the suffering name of Jesus, in the immaculate name of Jesus, in the second coming name of Jesus. We ask all these things and the whole church saying, Amen. Amen. Please be seated and obey the ushers.